Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. She comes from a legendary family of Alameda County attorneys. The focus of her own practice is on criminal defense and family law. She represents individuals in all types of criminal offenses, including DUI, domestic violence, drug charges, weapons charges, and white-collar crime. In her family practice, she handles all manner of domestic difficulties, including child custody, visitation, and spousal support. She also acts as a mediator in an effort to bring about mutually acceptable results in adverse circumstances. Stacy Reamer, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Thank you so much, Zoe. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, and I've known you for a very long time, and of course, I knew your father very well, Fred Reamer, and I knew your grandmother very well, Betty Browner. So, I, so, just tell me a little bit about about you know how you started thinking about law. Well, I I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be an attorney, a lawyer. I I think I learned a lot about the practical side of what being a lawyer was like because I had a lot of them around me. And so I understood how, you know, the, how it, how it worked in real life, how the career was very demanding and very fulfilling at the same time. So as a young child, I knew that I wanted to advocate. I wasn't sure how or what that would look like, but I probably knew around the age of 10 that that's what I was going to be doing with my life. And did some of that come from the fact that you were around your father and your grandmother growing up and just being around those those really outstanding attorneys? You know, it's funny. I used to joke with both my grandmother, Betty Browner, and my father, Fred Reamer, about the fact that they actually showed me a lot about what I didn't want to be as a lawyer. <laughs> we used to laugh about that. Now, you have a couple of office locations right now. Where are they? I have an office in Los Gatos, Santa Clara County, as well as an office in Hayward, Alameda County. And what type of practice do you have? I practice family law and all aspects of family law, and I practice criminal defense. Where are you from originally, Stacy? I'm born and raised in Oakland, California. Is that where you went to high school? That's where I went to high school. Where'd yeah. you go? I went to Bishop O'Dowd. And then I went to Skyline and my mom had passed away uh, when I was, you know, right in the middle of my teenage years. And so the the proposal from my family was you're going to go to Catholic school for a few years so we can make sure that you're going to be OK. And then you can go back and join your friends in public school. So I did just that. I went back to public school for my senior year. I attended Skyline High School and graduated from there in 1991. How did that whole experience work out? You know, it was probably the best time of my life. I, yes, it was, well, I was involved, you know, and I was, I excelled in sports. I played soccer a year round. I played for a club and then I played for also for my schools and I, you know, walked onto varsity, you know, as a sophomore. So that was very exciting. I was a goalkeeper and coupled with student government, I was very involved in student government and, 
I got really good grades and I really just really had, you know, I I think I really bloomed in high school. I had a really good time. I had a lot of uh, diverse friends and social circles. And I just, I I just really was probably one of the best times as I look back at my life, you know, the most fulfilling, the most fun and probably, you know, the most enlightening in the sense that I became, you know, actively involved in, in politics and political stuff, I would say like rallies and protests. And it was just a lot of fun. It was really exciting. Now, when you graduated from Skyline, you went to college. Where'd you go? I went to Cal State East Bay. And then I transferred from there to San Jose State and um, completed my four year there at San Jose State. When you graduated, do you immediately go to law school or did you take some time off? No, I, so I went to Cal State East Bay and then I took some time off, had, I was married, I had two children and then I went back to San Jose State and graduated. And then I went directly from San Jose State within just a few months to law school. When you went back to college to finish college, were you pretty clear that you were going back to college so that you could get to law school? Oh yeah, there was never a doubt. Do you think that having taken that that time off, taking that break to get married, to have children, to live some life, do you think that that, that gave you a better sense of focus about what you were doing when you went back to college and ultimately to law school? Definitely. I would, I would say yes, definitely. After you graduated from San Jose State, where did you end up going to law school? So I ended up attending law school at Lincoln Law School of San Jose. I, at the time, had a 10-month-old and a four-year-old. So for me, I needed something that could accommodate that schedule to to also be present and raise my children who were young. So I attended school at night, and that was the best fit for me. And I would go, you know, anywhere from, you know, four to five nights per week in the evenings for four or five hours. So I didn't do a lot of sleeping in those years. I was pretty much on full time all the time. And, you know, it was a lot of work. It was a, it was, it's a lot of work anyway, but it was a lot of work raising, raising two little kids at the same time. And I'm, I am, I'm so grateful I made that sacrifice. Did you uh, enjoy the legal education? Did you think it was interesting? I really enjoyed it. What was your first legal job after you graduated? Well, I would say that my first my first experience in any sort of legal job, not as a lawyer who had graduated, was working at my grandmother's office as a teenager. I was at first a runner, a court runner, and then I was a legal secretary for quite some time. But as far as after graduation, I didn't have a job. I went straight to sole, to sole practice. And how did that work out? It's been, it's worked out just great. It's worked out really, really well. I, I feel very lucky. I opened up my office in Los Gatos and, you know, was immediately fairly successful and it has just blossomed from there. Would you recommend to a young person thinking about a career to go into law? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what advice would you give that individual? To, obviously, to make sure that their grades were where they need to be, but to most importantly, understand what area of law it is that you think you want to do and then go and experience that in whatever, you know, format you can. If that means an internship, if that means, 
you know, sitting in the courtroom and watching, observing, if it means, you know, taking a part-time job. I believe that I, the experience that I had as a child was invaluable in understanding what area of law I wanted to be in and where I wanted to practice. And they don't teach that in law school. How is actually practicing law met or different from your expectations? You know, that's a good question. And again, I I refer back to sort of being raised around lawyers. And I think that I had pretty realistic expectations of what it would be like. And, you know, it's not just practicing law, it's running a business. And so I, I would say that it has it has absolutely met my expectations of all of what it would be like. It's a lot of work, especially if you're a sole practitioner and you're not with a big firm. You know, you have to be organized and you have to you have to be responsive. You have to communicate with clients. You have to manage clients to manage personalities. And at the same time, you have to, you know, <laughs> run a business. I, I would say that it has absolutely met the expectations that I had because my expectations were were realistic based on my experience. You know, you bring up the subject of running the, the business and the business of practicing law. How's that gone for you? And, and I'm wondering if you could reflect a little bit on y- your business skills that you've used or developed. Well, I, you know, as a child, you, you always, re- you know, resent having to take math, right? In school. And yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to, I'm never going to use this. What am I going to use this for? And, you know, you absolutely are going to use math when you're running your own business. And I am I'm very hands-on, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a sole practitioner and I, you know, I think my ability to, to be hands-on for the most part and to have my finger on the pulse of my business has created an environment where I'm able to grow and evolve um, in a way that I feel comfortable with. So from a business perspective, a small business perspective, you know, I don't operate outside my means. I try to always understand, you know, the importance of the fact that this is a business, but to not get blinded by the business and specifically by the financial aspect of, of practicing law. Is there anything that you know now that you really wished you knew before you started practicing law? I, I guess I wish I knew how much I was going to love it because I would have done it a lot sooner. Interesting. Interesting. What what's what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I would say came from my father. I, I always got good advice from him too, by the way. Well, he wasn't shy in dishing it out, that's for sure. He sometimes gave unwanted advice. His best advice was you're not what you do. You are not your job, right? Your job isn't defined who you are, but who you are makes a difference in what you do. And he was really big on remaining human and 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 getting sort of you know having that bedside manner as a lawyer right and and understanding that people were and same with my grandmother that the people were walking through in family law and in criminal law they say you've got bad people at their best right and good people at their worst so i get the you know best of both worlds right they're walking through very traumatic periods of time. And you know this, Lewis, you deal, you're in criminal law. You've been doing it a lot longer than I have that, you know, it's a traumatic period of time, whether it's a divorce or it's a family law issue or it's a criminal issue, you know, it's someone's liberty or someone's children are at stake usually. And they, you can't lose that human component. What, what aspect of practicing law do you think is your strong suit? I think litigation is my strong suit. I love being in the courtroom. I love the preparation that goes into, 
you know, pretrial stuff. I love cross-examining witnesses, particularly police officers. I, I love the thrill of that. I love the energy of that, more so probably in the criminal arena than in family. It's a lot different speed, but I still, I love it just the same. It's exciting and it's, the stakes are high. I believe it matters. Looking back over your career and education so far, is there anything that you would change if you could? Yes, I would have gone to school sooner and started my practices earlier. Do you think the legal system works? Do you think it's fair? Oh, that's a really big, I mean, that's a broad question, right? I mean, I think that there's a saying, it works if you work it, right? I think that those who can afford legal representation have a better opportunity for for it to work or for it to be quote unquote fair. That's a, it's a really big question. Sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not. Let me shift gears here a little bit. You've mentioned your family, obviously, and what is your family life like and how has practicing law affected that? Well, I have two children, one who is 11, Jacob is my son, and then my daughter, Samantha, is about to be 16 next month. And, I, you know, we have a, you know, a blessed life, a comfortable life. You know, we, I think and when I was in law school was the biggest sacrifice for my children. And, and that, that was very hard to to manage that and to be away from them and to study for the bar and to, you know, miss those moments. I, it was difficult, but I don't regret it. My family life now is, is very, very whole and very, very, I would say healthy. We seek balance and I think everyone's seeking that balance, but we really try to really make time for, you know, to be together, to have family dinners. And I'm sort of old school in that sense that, you know, I believe that we should sit down and have meals still and face-to-face at the dinner table and then turn the devices off and take, you know, extended family trips together. So I, I really do work hard at trying to be the best mom I can be and the best partner I can be and the best, you know, best lawyer I can be all at the same time. It requires wearing a lot of hats, but I think my children have seen, you know, and learned what it means to invest in yourself as a woman and as a business owner and how much strength and how much joy that has brought to my life. They've seen me as, as a housewife and they've seen me as a lawyer and they understand the, they have a reference point. They understand the difference. And I think that everyone's benefiting from you know, from my success. You've talked about going on some trips together. What sort of travel experience have uh, you and your family had? So we just spent several weeks on the North Shore of Hawaii and Haleiwa. Your dad was always a big advocate of Hawaii too. Yes, he was, he was in love with the island of Maui. He referred to himself as Captain Maui. And he would take us on trips as children and we would stomp the back roads of Hana, circle the entire island and every, you know, waterfall and bamboo forest we could find. And, you know, I'm finding myself nostalgic about those times with him since he's passed. And, you know, we were lucky enough to have a trip with him, with my children two years ago, I guess two Novembers passed. And so they got to experience that Captain Maui act with my dad firsthand. But we're <laughs> continuing that tradition I know that you're in, involved in some water sports, too. I mean, you, you water ski, wakeboard. Water skiing, wakeboarding, you know, motorcycle riding, dirt bike riding, street bike riding, wheels, 
anything with yes. We I, I I want my children to have those experiences. I want them to have those skills. And most importantly, I want them to connect with nature. If you couldn't be a lawyer, is there anything that you would choose to do? Ooh, you know, probably something along the lines of either a, like, this is going to sound crazy, CHP officer, would I think be a lot of fun, but maybe I've watched too many Chips episodes, or CS, like crime scene investigation, anything in homicide investigation related is very interesting to me. Do you think you have some sort of a superpower? And if so, what is it? And if if not, what sort of superpower would you like to have? I don't think that I have a superpower. That's a funny question. I wish I did. If I had one, if I could have one, I guess it would be invisibility. So that when, you know, I didn't want to be seen, I could just disappear. What sort of things keep you up at night? It's interesting to ask that question because I just had a, a scenario where I found myself restless and, and, you know, walking into the anticipation of a big hearing. And what keeps me up at night is hoping in my career and what I'm doing that I will be able to, especially in family law, protect those who need protection. And, you know, what what that what it looks like if I'm not able to be successful on my client's behalf, especially when you're dealing with small children. Those cases keep me up at night. You know, the other thing that, that keeps me up at night, I guess I could say is, you know, we're living in the middle of, of unprecedented times and in, in a pandemic where everything is very surreal and we have a new sort of normal. And, you know, I, I'm wondering what that looks like a year from now, two years from now. Those those types of things keep me up at night. What if you came into some real money, say, you know, three or four billion dollars? What if anything would you do differently in your life? Well, I would travel a lot more, a lot more. And, you know, probably, probably contribute a lot more than I already do to the causes close to my heart. Is there any uh, cause that you can think of that's specifically pretty close to your heart right now? Well, I, I work with three different organizations. You know, CASA is a Community Against Substance Abuse, which is a wonderful program. It goes into schools and it's curriculum. And, you know, one, the, one of the founders of that is, is a very good friend of mine. Her name is Wendy Riggs. And, you know, it's it's just a great organization and it, and it, it's really, really well built and uh, well facilitated. And I believe that substance abuse education, the education itself at a young age and prevention is something that can keep people out. of And so that's one of my causes. The other causes, you know, community service crews, we have, my children and I are involved heavily in our communities and providing, you know, homeless services, food, you know, preventative equipment, PPE. However, and whenever we can get involved, we, we try to dedicate our time to that, you know, and then the legal aid, you know, I try to, I, I try to donate my time when and if I can, and in special circumstances, usually in cases where they're just, the resources just are not there. So I would be I'd definitely be contributing more to those agencies financially, not just with my time. Let's say you had a magic wand. There was one thing in the world, the legal world or otherwise that you could change. What would that mm-hmm. be? In the legal world or the other world, is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, the legal world, the world in general, anything. Well, for starters, I would, you know, get rid of the pandemic, alleviate this the global pandemic so that, you know, we could have sort of what, what we 
consider to be normal life back. I think there have been some lessons for a lot of people. I know for myself, I can only speak for myself, but, you know, in walking through this pandemic, but I think the lessons have, have been learned and we're sort of ready to come out of the shell now. And I think I know from from what I do, I see a lot of you know, the secondary effects of, of relationships falling apart, of people, you know, going to jail a lot more frequently, a lot of domestic violence, a lot of, you know, family family disruption, custody scenario issues. You know, our, I've seen our the children that I, you know, I'm directly exposed to, either in my cases or in my social life, you know, sort of withdrawn. And I think it's time for it to be over. And I, I, if I had a magic wand, I would you know, make the pandemic dissipate. Stacy Reamer, thank you so much for joining me today. Love Lie Lawyer. It's been a pleasure and a privilege to talk to you. Thank you so much, Lewis. It's been my, my great honor to participate. I just want to thank you. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com, where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks, as always, to my guests who share their wisdom, and to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Hart. I'm Lewis Goodman. And so I get to cherry pick a little bit, and I know that a lot of people don't approach their business that way. So I'm probably unconventional in that respect, but more than anything, just grateful to be in the position that I'm in.